Welcome back. There seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the future of load shedding. Government has given a timeline of 12 to 18 months. ESCOM chairperson Paul Makwana suggests two to three years with permanent stage two or three load shedding in place. And ESCOM CEO Andre Director says it's all too unpredictable. Will load shedding get worse before it gets better? And has the president's decision to not attend WEF in order to attend to the energy crisis availed anything? Energy analyst Ted Blom joins us now. Ted, good afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon. So, Ted, has the president's decision not to travel to WEF availed anything in, with regards to the energy crisis? Well, it seems to me that this time around, uh, there seems to be a more concerted effort uh, by the presidency and his so-called team uh, to try and address the issue. They've just, if you, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but they've just released a communique in the last half an hour or so, um, accentuating uh, the greatness of their efforts, uh, notwithstanding the fact that uh, a lot of it's a regurgitated nonsense. And in fact, uh, outside the realms of uh, uh, probabilities of uh, ending load shedding anytime soon. So let's actually just talk about you know the extent of issues at um, ESCOM. Ted, in the past you said that you don't think we have the full picture. Do you think we have the full picture now? Absolutely not. Um, uh, I think the, the, it's such a fast developing environment as far as sabotage is concerned. I think that the, the deployment of 11 soldiers uh, is just uh, just a joke uh, because uh, apparently they're not doing what you and I th would have expected them to do, which is uh, address uh, some of the sabotage issues. Uh, they're merely acting as intelligence officers and doing surveillance. So uh, yes, I think it's, uh, at this stage of the game, uh, uh, th there isn't enough political will and there isn't proper, proper focused action uh, that could actually make a meaningful difference to the load shedding crisis. So we keep hearing of these different timelines, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. Is any of it uh, realistic at this point? Uh, well, under what they're proposing and, and what's on the table, uh, um, you know, I don't, I'm not even sure that it's adequate to actually even address the problem within t uh, 12 months or 24 months. Uh, the fact of the matter is there are other levers available. Uh, there are levers available that I've discussed with ESCOM in 2019, uh, and they're just being ignored. So it seems to me that uh, they, they're making a lot of noise about a very little uh, effort, and the effort isn't necessarily uh, fully focused on sorting out the problem as expediently as possible. Uh, it's more to sort of do uh, what you, would, you and I would call window dressing, rather than actually uh, doing uh, proper action uh, to, to, to immediately ameliorate the, uh, the problem. I mean, if they were really serious, they would declare a state of energy emergency, and that would open up a whole lot of levers in terms of funding ability, in terms of uh, bypassing red tape in terms of entertaining different short-term options, etc., etc. Uh, none of that has happened. Um, we stuck with uh, antiquated legacy type of uh, solutions, and a lot of them, uh, which I've been asked to analyze on behalf of another group, uh, are in fact, uh, don't actually contribute at all uh, to ending the load shedding. I mean, we're talking about policy framework changes. Mm. I mean, I don't know how long it will take. I mean, that will typically take longer than two years. Mm -hmm. has no in direct impact on uh, the load shedding issue. And it's just a, you know, it's compiling a nice two-year story as far as I can see. So, no, I'm not convinced that um, all hands are on deck. 
I'm not convinced that the people that are on, on the table or around the table are ad adequately qualified to actually make a meaningful contribution to end load shedding as a matter of urgency. This is a matter of urgency. We are losing businesses daily. We are losing jobs daily. We are losing lives daily because um, uh, not all the hospitals have got generators. Mm. Uh, a lot of people are sitting at home with uh, oxygen requirements, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, as soon as the load shedding goes over two hours, those batteries don't last. Those people end up either having to go, go and run and jump in the car and use their cigarette lighters or make other emergency things. I mean, the, the, we are not being treated humanely and we're not being treated with dignity and we're not being treated with respect as citizens of this country. In fact, the tail is wagging the dog. And if Mandela was around, he would turn in his grave. So let's actually then talk about what it needs. I think at this point, um, Ted, you know, the CEO talks, the chairman talks, the president says stuff. What do we need? to end load shedding how much you know how much capacity does the grid need we, we we can tell that but what we have in place right now is not working it keeps breaking down so what do what will a solution look like okay so i mean i don't want to be melodramatic about mm. it but the fact of the matter is if it's a serious crisis and we determine a serious crisis and we want to uh, do appropriate actions i mean the first thing i would do is what other countries have done uh, in the case of a crisis like uh, when they've had tsunamis like haiti and uh, lebanon uh, beirut and so on is i'd immediately put an order in for emergency gas turbines mm -hmm. and they can be flown in by aircraft uh, and we could uh, 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 install uh, five, five gigawatts or 5,000 megawatts of capacity within 90 days. Uh, the first unit could be yeah, landed within four, uh, two weeks. All that we need to do on this side is uh, cast the concrete slab and make a switchyard available. They fly those things in, they connect them up uh, as soon as they arrive and uh, and, and they are fit for purpose and you do a three-year contract, not a 20-year contract like the car power shift thing at exorbitant prices and uh, you immediately uh, stop the load shedding within within 90 days after that you then deploy plan step two or the plan two uh, which is then uh, you know bringing in or fixing up some of the units at uh, Eskom uh, which can be fixed up and then uh, maybe also bringing in rooftop solar as a matter of urgency because I think that can help between uh, six months and a year uh, but you need to provide proper tax incentives you know to provide to think that you and I are going to put in an industrial grade rooftop in our house and that we've got the spare cash lying in, in our bank accounts is a lot of nonsense. More than 90% of our households are under financial pressure. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be some sort of uh, financial incentive in forms of tax and there's going to be a financing proposal that you and I can just fill in the document, go to our bank and get financing so you can install this industrial grade stuff. Uh, and I certainly think it's a, a, a possible solution because that can uh, alleviate or, or leverage eight gigawatts of uh, power within a very short term horizon in terms of stopping daytime load shedding. It's not going to stop the peak load shedding. Mm -hmm. There you will use your gas turbines which you've imported on, on the three year uh, program, etc. But so there needs to be a coordinated plan mm -hmm. and it needs to follow. It needs to be plug and play type of stuff, not uh, disjointed at all nonsense which hangs in the air and uh, and and uh, so what's happening is mm. whoever's regurgitating stuff to the public yeah. firstly doesn't seem to be competent to make a proper comments about this and secondly is just dishing out a lot of mumbo jumbo as far as I'm concerned I mean I don't mean yeah. to insult people yeah. but that's really what's happening and I don't think there's anybody in the street who can say he's confident about what he's heard he understands what he's heard about and uh, he, he's, he's happy that this is going to address the problem I mean yeah. just to 
to go back to what the president said in Natal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the president said in the tell that he's definitely he's communicated with his overseas counterparts. Why mm-hmm. he's talking to them, I don't know. We're a sovereign state, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Yeah. He's categorically told them we're not going to close any coal power stations. In the next breath, he says, but that excludes old coal power stations. Yeah. I mean, who's fooling who here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ted. We are out of um, time, but thank you so much for those insights. I think you've definitely given us a picture um, of how really bleak the situation is. That was Energy Analyst Ted Blom.